legendary name in hardcore supplementation. Iron Mag Labs. 100% original, patent-pending Andro Compound. The most effective, hardcore, groundbreaking, bodybuilding supplements in the world. In the world. Iron Mag Labs. Revolutionizing hardcore supplementation for more than a decade. Visit IronMagLabs.com. Iron Mag Labs. Welcome back to Central Bodybuilding. I am your host, Jeff Roberts, and I am here as always with my co-host, Matt Wyke. What's going on, Matt? Hey, what's going on, Jeff? Not much. Yeah, it's the uh, same over here. Matt's got me up at the crack of dawn on my day off to record the show. Yeah, man. I'm like, get the fuck out of bed. Like, we got a yeah. show to do. <laughs> yeah, I got out of bed at uh, like quarter after nine, and it actually felt really early to me because of my day off. Usually what I do is when I have to work, I, I get like five, six hours of sleep a night, which is not enough. And then when I have days off, I just binge on sleep to make up for it. So, but luckily tomorrow I don't have to work early, so it's all good. I'm going to survive. Yeah, I mean, I, most of you probably already know, but we usually record on a Tuesday night. And, and obviously today is Wednesday morning, um, so we bump things back a little bit. Uh but it's all good. We're here. We're recording. It's going to be another good show. Yeah, I was uh, talking to Lee, trying to set up International Iron, and, and the the best day for him to do it was actually exactly when we record, well, a half hour later than we normally record uh, Central Bodybuilding. So there was Damn really, you, Lee. You screwed up our schedule. He's like, oh, this week I can't do this day, this day, but uh, yeah. All good. Yep, all good. Doesn't I'll take really a handwritten look. apology from Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a full day of um, radio editing, but I love it. So we were talking about last week, we touched on wanting to uh, preview the 212 Mr. Olympia coming up, or whatever they call it, showdown. Everything else is called the Mr. Olympia, so the 212, which is kind of interesting. Um, and then... Also, our kind of our final thoughts on Kevin, and I think there's like one new photo out of him that we haven't spoke about, but before that, I wanted to just talk about the general feeling going into the Olympia. It's kind of crazy because you and I were just talking about this off the air, how there's such a lack of promotion of the show. I don't know whose fault it is, or who's to blame, or, or I mean, I guess I would know how to fix it, but... It just seems like you don't see advertisements or uh, just there's nothing leading up to the show. I mean, outside of RX Muscles interviews, thank God for those, there's nothing else. There's no – I'm not seeing like um, just – you know, even on social media, you don't see like – the posters, like once in a while, someone will post like a poster. It'll say like 
whatever Mr. Olympia, Phil Heath, or, you know. But you don't really see, I guess, ads for the Olympia, I guess you'd say. It's like fucking it's, – it's a bad comparison because it's, it's, it's football, and football is bigger than – it's like a religion here in America. And But with football season starting up recently, it's like everywhere – Anyone, any, that's all anyone talks about is fucking NFL starting. People are wearing jerseys, talking about this game, that game, and, and asking me about it. Like, oh, you excited for this and that? And, you know, I don't, I don't even watch football. I could care less. But it's, it's so opposite that in bodybuilding. If, if you weren't looking for it, you'd have no idea the Olympia was even coming. It would just show, it, it, you'd be, all what all of a sudden one day you'd be like oh shit Phil won again I didn't even know that was coming up you know like it's it's crazy to me that even in our little niche sport our pinnacle of competition is is pretty much ignored from a promotional standpoint I mean even the webcast we weren't even sure as bodybuilding like insiders we weren't even sure if there was a webcast until last week. And, and we're very small in terms of, I would say, insiders. I mean, I've, I actually reached out to Dan Solomon and, and Dave Palumbo, and both of those guys were like, we have no idea who's doing the webcast. Like, it should be Amazon again, but they weren't even sure. Yeah, I wonder, I mean, I guess it could be a situation where, we've talked about it before, where body people in bodybuilding business people or people running companies that pertain to the fitness industry and bodybuilding, they're often very, what is the word like, almost hostile with one another. It's like there's there's too much competition. This sounds weird, but it almost seems like there's too much competition within our little niche industry. People don't really work together. I think that might be the reason why this happens because if you have a webcast of the Olympia, the, the number one goal is to get people to watch that webcast. So, I mean, wouldn't it make sense to what, – what if you started started um, promoting that webcast six weeks before the Olympia and it was everywhere all the time, where it was going to be, when it was going to be, the features of the webcast? I feel like you'd get twice as many people watching if you kind of spam that all over the industry and got people excited about it. But that's the opposite of that happened. It's as if – people behind the scenes were bartering and and arguing and trying to figure out who's going to do it when we're going to do it who's going to do this and that and it nobody could fucking agree with each other so it, it took until we were a week out from the show for it to even materialize you know well what, here's go ahead no i was just gonna i was just gonna give it to you and say what do you think about that I mean, here's here's my take, and again, this is just my opinion. Is I don't know anything for a fact, but this is just kind of what I think. Um, obviously, Amazon did the the webcast last year because Bodybuilding.com backed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bodybuilding.com had some beef with you know Weeder AMI, and basically told them to pound sand. They backed out. Amazon stepped in, which you know, okay, kudos to Amazon. Thank you. That way, at least we had. A, uh, <clears throat> a webcast, but it, it seems like the Olympia is treated so much differently these days than the Arnold Classics and New York Pro and, and you know, every other show that's out there. 
it, it almost seems like the show itself has lost some of its luster, and I'm not sure if it's because of the way things are being handling, you know, handled behind the scenes through Robin Chang and AMI and, and Weeder Publications and stuff like that. Um, you know, obviously now if you want a booth, now you have to pay for ads in their magazines and, and all of this behind the scenes stuff that a lot of people don't know. But I think being that Amazon is taking it on and and I just pulled up their website because I'm thinking to myself, you know, if they're doing the webcast and it's only a few days away, you would think that they would have something up on their website. So I just went to their homepage thinking there would be some little ad banner image whatever. There's mm-hmm. nothing. Not a damn thing. So that there's like my first kind of clue that they're not really in it. They're just kind of taking it over, so to speak. They don't really give a shit, I think, about the industry. But I think the biggest picture, why nobody's talking about it, is because, in my opinion, of what's going on behind the scenes with Weeder AMI and and Amazon. And it's it's pissing off a lot of the manufacturers. Because obviously the retailers get pissed off because Amazon is selling their products cheaper and you know people want to fight back and forth especially brick and mortar which is very hard to you know stay in business in these days with with you know e-commerce in the supplement industry mm-hmm. but it's like if you if you want to blame and and this goes for retailers as well as you know consumers and, and and customers who buy the products you can't blame Amazon because it's actually the manufacturer that's allowing it to happen you can set up a storefront and and either stock the Amazon hubs, you know, their actual warehouses, or, you know, you can drop ship yourself to, you know, customer XYZ, whatever, across the country. However, you set up your account through Amazon, but you can set, you know, map pricing. So, you know, if you don't want your product to go any lower than thirty two ninety nine, then Amazon can't have anything on their site for less than thirty two ninety nine. So, you know, Blame the manufacturers. Don't don't blame Amazon for what they've created. It's it's just a, a matter of the manufacturers don't care. So they let anybody go on and sell the products, whether it's uh, you know, another retailer going on and selling it kind of third party, so to speak. But you know, it, I think it's it's the industry has changed in regards to the Olympia. While the competition you know, the competition is the same. I think the actual name itself is what's kind of deteriorating. And, and you know, I, I have to blame Weeder AMI for that. I mean, they're, they're really the guys behind it, putting, you know, the promotion together and getting it all set up and, and kind of running the show. You had somebody like Bodybuilding.com years ago when they were doing the webcast. You would know over a month in advance that they were doing the webcast. They would have a countdown. They would have, you know, preview videos. They would yep. have bios of all of the competitors, you know, how they did prior shows. They would have side-by-side comparisons. It, it was just a lot to do around the actual competition where now, I mean, like you said in, in the opening, thank God for RX Muscle because yep. nobody else is doing shit with anybody in, in the Olympia. And it's a shame because – you know, we've we've created this hype about, you know, the old school, new school coming in. You have Kevin Lavroni coming back, going up against, you know, the new age guys, you know, with the Dallas McCarvers and the likes. And then obviously you got the champ, Phil Heath. It's this should have been promoted way earlier. 
way heavier, and and it wasn't. And it's disappointing, you know, it, it, as a bodybuilding fan and as somebody in the industry. It's I, I I can't explain what what has to be going on in their head to have really no promotion around it whatsoever. I mean, if you go to the the Mr. Olympia LLC Facebook page, you know that's that's where you're going to see you know different updates and stuff. But that's like the only place other than RX Muscle. Right. It's it's ridiculous. Well, you brought up bodybuilding.com and how they used to do a pretty good job of um, promoting it. Were you there? You probably were when Bob Chick did that, uh, what was it called, Olympia series, where he traveled around. He basically did like a, almost like an old Mitsuro Kabi thing where he would, Bob, they did it in 2007 and 2008, a little more thorough in 2007. He went to, a, he went to like every, pretty much every top guy who was doing the show, he went to their their local gym he traveled all around the country obviously to do this and he previewed them going into the olympia he did johnny branch ronnie coleman jay cutler gustavo bedell um darren charles tony freeman i remember he did one with bill wilmore he did one with david henry he did um who else did he do it with jay cutler i probably already said he did it with all these guys not only would he train their he would go in there. Somebody would film them training. He would ta- ask them questions between sets. And then after that, he would sit down with them and interview them about their workouts, how things are going, their body weight, going to the Olympia. And it ended up being like an hour-long video, like a half hour of them training and a half hour of just sitting down and talking about shit going into the Olympia. Do you remember that? I don't know if you were around Vague, vaguely. I yeah. mean, I go I go back with bodybuilding.com like 12, 15 years. So, I, I mean, I vaguely remember it. I mean, it had to have happened cuz I I remember what you're talking about. Um, but I don't I can't remember actually watching the videos themselves. See, maybe maybe I I'm, I'm just a bodybuilding nerd, but man, I thought those were the best videos I've ever every time I knew I remember I was, I mean, at the time, you're talking about maybe 2008, you know, it's eight years ago. I was 21 years old or whatever, and, and just, just starting to really get into bodybuilding at, at, like, the professional, not at the professional level, but into professional bodybuilding as a fan. And I remember every time a new one came out, Silvio Samuel, they did, they did uh, Quincy Taylor, all kinds of guys. And I remember... Dennis James, Dennis Wolf, and a lot of the females too. But I just remember being so excited for each new video to come out because of how how thorough and how exciting they were, especially going into the show. Um, like we said, RX Muscle is kind of doing a similar thing now, but it's not as elaborate as it as it was. I mean, we're not. It's it's not they're sit, they sit down and, and talk about the upcoming show and everything, which is great. It's 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 awesome, but it's not like it was with Bob Chick at Bodybuilding.com. I mean, he like I said, he would he was in the gym with them for a real workout interview, like talking to them between would probably annoy the shit out of them, but talking to them in, in between sets about stuff they're doing. You know, they're still out of breath, 
And then after the workout, they literally would sit down and the guys would have their post-workout food or shake or whatever so they could get that in them. But Bob would sit there and ask him about who you see as a threat at the Olympia, who who you gunning for, how's training, what's the body weight, all that stuff. And it was just awesome. It was so cool. And now, if it weren't for RX Muscle, there would be nothing. There would be absolutely nothing at all to do with the Olympia. And I was wondering, you, you talk about Amazon doing it. And is it – so we're sure that Amazon's doing it this year again or not really? No, they're, they're definitely doing it. They're, uh, somebody put out a, a post that had a link in it. Um, yeah, that's so disappointing because – I can't think of who it is. But I mean, it's, it is disappointing. I mean this is literally the Super Bowl of, of bodybuilding. And it's being treated like an amateur show. I mean, there's no promotion yeah, around and, it. And Amazon is massive. I mean, can you imagine how, if they if they so pleased, how much promotion and hype Amazon could build for the Olympia? I mean, that those ads could be anywhere at at, at any moment because. And there's um. I've seen people put together very good Olympia-like previews and with Kevin and Phil and all this other stuff. It doesn't have to be lame, generic crap. It's just um, it's disappointing that we have such a big entity like Amazon doing the live webcast. We still don't have any real promotion of the show. And you also touched on the Olympia name kind of falling apart. And it's funny because Lee, last night on the show, he taught he touched on that and he said that because I asked him, we were talking about the Olympia and I was talking about his Olympia appearances and everything. He he did the Olympia like seven times, but I was like, Lee is the Olymp- was the Olympia your favorite show to compete at? And he was very quick to say no, not even close. He goes, <laughs> he goes the Olympia was honestly kind of a shit show. He said his favorite shows to compete at were Tony Doherty's shows, um, but the Olympia was not. It's I didn't ask him to list them, like put them in order or anything like that. But it sounded like had he had to, if he had to put all the pro shows in order, from what he liked most to what he liked least, the Olympia would have been low on the list. So that may have, that may be a trend that's been happening for a long time. And uh, it's kind of maybe maybe we're seeing we're just seeing the sign of the times. I mean, back in the day, the the Olympia wasn't the biggest show. You had like the universe and stuff like that. And um, I can't remember when the when the Olympia came around in the sixties, right? Sixty five or something. But before that, you had a different show that was the biggest show in the world, and eventually we will probably have a different show that's not the Olympia. You know, there would be a different show that's the pinnacle of the sport, kind of like how women's bodybuilding went from the Miss Olympia to this Wings of Strength thing, the Rising Phoenix. So uh, maybe we're just watching the slow process of the Olympia kind of dying off and something else taking its place. But either way, the other thing... That webcast, yes, maybe it was just my connection or whatever, but the webcast last year was not, it wasn't great as far as the, um, 
the quality and stuff of the show. I think the webcast digital muscle did of the Arnold blew it away. Blew it away. I mean, I think I think the 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 digital muscle web digital muscle webcast of the Arnold Classic this year was the best webcast I've ever seen for any bodybuilding show. I mean, bar none. With we had Dave Plumbo, uh, Ben Pakalski, Chad Nichols, and um, Dan. All these guys analyzing the physiques. They had their suits on, talking to the guys, analyzing right there. I just thought that was awesome and very well done. Yeah, the the Amazon one of the Olympia six months prior or whatever, I just didn't see. First of all, at least for me, the quality was kind of shitty. And then and digital muscle quality was great. Great, great. But the Amazon one was kind of lame just because it didn't have any special stuff going on. You had Dennis James and uh, what was his name? Um, it was DJ and the guy from uh, AMI. Um, Sean Perine, I think it was. Oh, yeah. But, uh, and like, Sean Perine is, he, he's a kind of an iconic guy if you, if you, uh, on like the writing and, and inside on the magazines, but he, he's not, he, he's not the type of guy who should be on a commentary. He's just no. not the type of guy. He's kind of quiet and monotone. And then DJ is all right, but again, DJ was, he's not like the most, he's not, in that situation, he's not the best guy because DJ can can be opinionated and very fun to listen to. But on that stage, he he's he was like a little bit boring as well. So I didn't really. There was very little analyzation. I remember when Phil came out. I remember them saying, "Well, he looks good. Uh, this looks like uh, your five time Mister Olympia." And that's all they said, and he was like. Yeah. Flat as a pancake and shit. There was no. I mean, if it was Dave and Chad and ever, they would have been. They, they wouldn't have said that. They would have been like, "Oh, he's looking flat. His stomach's in." But they would have analyzed him. They would have said. They would have specifically said what was wrong with him and analyzed him and everything. And that's how it should be. But it's just, um, it's not like that anymore. It's disappointing. And I, the the biggest fear I have is that this trend of kind of not promoting the Olympia and it kind of being a mystery leading into it. I hope that it doesn't lead to the demise of the webcast altogether. And the only way to see the show live is to, is to be there. That's worst case scenario. Um, but I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a far cry at this point. I could see that being next year. I could see 2017 Olympia just being, it just doesn't, nobody covers it in any capacity and you just, you know, that's it. It just it just happens, and then you wait to look at the video, the fucking pictures after. It's almost like with all this technology and all the ability we have to preview the Olympia, it's going the other direction, and it's going back to when there were fucking magazines, and you didn't know anything about the Olympia until a month later, and you had to read the magazines. It's almost like we're making a return to that, even though we don't have to, you know? Well, it's, it's something else to think about is, you know, now it's it's been in Vegas for, you know, the last several years where before it, it kind of went city to city to city. It, and it was more like and I hate to keep comparing it to, you know, the football with with the Super Bowl. But, you know, I kind of like that idea where it's not in the same place every year. 
you know, it, it allows, you know, the competitors to, to go somewhere new or, you know, the fans to travel someplace different. I mean, I get it. The venue at, you know, in, in Vegas is amazing. Um, the atmosphere there is amazing. It's, it's the right setting for, you know, this type of show. So I get that, you know, I would still love to see it in different cities, but I'm okay with it being in Vegas. Um, but I did just find information about the webcast itself. Um, the schedule is Friday is going to be not that anyone's going to care about this, uh, fitness and bikini finals. And (laughs) I thought you would chuckle. The the two twelve and the Mister Olympia judging, and and all of that is going to start at ten p.m. Eastern time, seven p.m. Pacific, and then on Saturday is going to be figure the two twelve and the Mister Olympia finals. That's going to start again at ten p.m. Eastern time, seven p.m. Pacific. The site that you want to go to, Amazon.com forward slash Mister Olympia. And then that will take you directly to the webcast. Holy shit, Matt. Look at that. We are the number one. We are. We just became the number one promotional fucking hub for the Mr. Olympia because of that one line. Yeah. We, Robin we are, Chang, you can make that check out to Matt Wyke. That's W-E-I-K. And <laughs> like, I mean. For real though, like I'm on all the sites, I'm on the forums and shit, and that's the first time I've I've heard the exact times and shit when it's going to be on, and I'm quite pleased actually because I think I'll be able to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely going to watch it. I hope the quality is better than it was last year. I mean, and I get it too. It's it's Amazon putting it on. This this really isn't a priority for Amazon. Whereas uh, no. you know, Bodybuilding.com or RX Muscle. That's our industry. So, of course, they're going to want to put on a good production to make sure that the webcast is running smoothly, the quality is good, good sound, you know, clear, high-quality, you know, images and, and all of that stuff. Where Amazon is just kind of like, man, we're just going to fill it in. And, oh, by the way, here's our Amazon Sports Nutrition site to go buy your supplements from. Uh, it's not a priority for them. I mean, they make, yeah, they, you know, they, billions of dollars on selling fucking mops and shit all day long. Right. Like it, while Amazon will uh, eventually, if they haven't already, I, I don't know the numbers right now, uh, but they were getting pretty close, uh, doing about the same amount of money per year as Bodybuilding.com, which is kind of scary. And then you have Jet got, uh, Jet.com, who's also in the mix, you know, kind of selling every product under the sun on their website. So uh, competition is fierce out there, and I think Bodybuilding.com is really feeling it. And I think financially, that that might be part of the reason why they stopped doing the webcast. Yeah, the Amazon almost seems to treat it as if it's they're doing somebody a favor. Yeah, that's that, exactly that's, what it is. That's pretty much how they're how they treat it. Like they really don't give a shit. They're just they drag their feet. They don't promote it. They don't give a shit about this, that, and the other thing. They're just kind of doing it because it's it's some contract they decided to sign. Which I is mean, not let's let's be honest. Be. Everyone's it, ordering there, anyways. Right. I don't know anybody who's like, oh, yeah, I'd never ordered from Amazon before. Yeah. Like, are, are you kidding me? Like, you mean to tell me you're one of the few people in the United States that actually drives to go somewhere to go, you know, pick up something that they need versus a couple clicks? You can, you know, still stay in your underwear and your socks and, you know, have it delivered directly to you. Yeah, I've said for uh, like over a year now that I think 
retail as we know it is pretty much going to be a thing of the past pretty soon. Yeah. People like to say, well, no, people are always going to like to see what they, people are always going to like to see what they're going to buy before they buy it and touch it. And I'm like, I was like, no, that's not true because eventually not seeing the shit before you buy it will be normal to us. We're kind of in between. It's 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 kind of normal to buy stuff without seeing it, but it's also nice to see it. And then the the people now who are older, like the baby boomers who are now like 60, 65, are they're still in the school of thought where I want to see it. I want to put my hands on it before I buy it. I don't trust the internet, so so on and so on. Um, but I think that's not going to stay that way. Like our kids are going to. They're going to be so used to the internet and so used to buying stuff online that doesn't. It, it's not going to be strange to buy shit online and not see it before you get it. You know, I think besides like grocery stores and stuff and gas stations, I think a lot of the retail is just going to fucking disappear. Especially when we get better, we get better at shipping and and better at you know moving things around like that. I don't see retail staying alive, especially with people getting more and more lazy. Everything getting more and more digital. I don't. It, it, just, it just seems like it's the way it's going. I mean, there's no, there's no. Talk to anyone who works at any retail establishment, whether it's Target, Walmart, fucking any place. They'll tell you that profits are down significantly from a decade ago because of the emergence of the internet. I mean, every. I don't think there's any retail establishment unless they're brand new. That's doing better than they were in 2002. I don't. I mean, it's kind of impossible. How could you be doing better? It's almost impossible because more people are buying online. Even if you have, even if you have an online site, that's not what people really do. You know, if you need something online, you don't go to Walmart.com. I don't know who the fuck goes to Walmart.com to order something. You know, you go right. to Amazon or eBay or, or something like that. Well, it it sucks. I mean, retail in general, like brick and mortar. I mean, like for instance, where I live, there's a place called, and I was just there yesterday, um, looking for some stuff for a couple of my training clients, and it's called Fitness Mania. And Ryan and Bob are are probably two of the brightest people that that I've ever spoken to in terms of sports nutrition. I mean, they they know everything. It's insane. I mean, you can go in there with a question and they'll answer it. And and for years, literally, that was kind of like the place to go. Like if, if you were in Berks County or or the surrounding counties, you would travel to Fitness Mania in Wyomissing to literally go in there and talk to Bob and Ryan, and they would get you hooked up with whatever you need. They they didn't sell you product based off of margins or you know the best brands out there. In fact, they would go with smaller brands that would have better products and at a better price, and they would push those. Just because they're like, look, you know, you can buy this because it's the name, but you could buy this and get the exact same thing for for cheaper. And and just recently, I shouldn't say recently, over the last couple of years, they started e-commerce. And I said, you know, why did you guys do that? And they basically said the same thing that you you already brought up. It's it's a necessary evil. You know, now anyone who talks about fitness mania or went there to, you know, touch feel and, and look at the actual product. Which it is cool to go into a brick and mortar retail location and and walk around, see what's there, pick it up, you know, look at it, you know, oh, okay, that's cool. What else do you got? And you walk around, you know, instead of having to click and stuff, and it's cool. You can ask questions right there, which 
obviously you can do on a lot of these sites these days with live chats and, and all that type of stuff. But it's it sucks that retail is losing its luster because you know you know you have two guys like Bob and Ryan that literally do anything and everything that they can to help their customers. And, you know, not that their business is dying, but, you know, you can see different brick and mortar supplement stores going out of business. And, and it's, you know, the little places on the corner that used to do extremely well, but now nobody wants to go there because they can go to places like Amazon or bodybuilding.com or, you know, Tiger Fitness, whatever, and buy whatever they need right there and not have to leave their house. It's, it's a convenience thing. And it just sucks because it, it puts good people out of business uh, and, and takes money out of their pocket. Yeah, now what's happening, which I've personally experienced this. I mean, a lot of companies are getting away from it because I think they realize they were shooting themselves in the foot. But you you brought up these guys not trying to push products on you and maybe selling um, cheaper products, monetary-wise cheaper products, because they thought they were better and stuff. But a lot of these, especially when you're talking about supplements – like GNC is the worst. Anyone who's ever been in a GNC, if you have half a brain in your head, you realize that it's it's as far as a place where employees push products on you. I've never seen anything like a GNC. Never in my life have I seen anything like that. I mean, we I worked at GNC for five and a half years. I managed a GNC. I became a store manager at 23 years old, and I managed at GNC for like three and a half years. Then went on to Vitamin World. But we would get let, – let's say they wanted us to hit a percentage of some stupid fucking product because they were getting paid to sell this stupid product, some shitty product that nobody should be taking. If we didn't hit our percentage, the, the DM, like the district manager, would call your store every hour on the hour. Until you fucking sold one. And that happened all the time. So it's like inevitably what you had was every customer that came in, you're fucking shoving this crap down their throat trying to get them because you don't want the fucking boss to call you again and ask, Jeff, why didn't you sell that? What's going on over there, man? You got this, that, and the other thing. You know, that's how they ran their business. They were like, it's like they competed with the internet by having a bunch of stupid employees shove shit down the throats of um of customers and that works for some like if a brain dead 18 year old kid comes in there who's skinny fat and and thinks and thinks it's possible to go to gnc and look like jay cutler yeah you'll sell what you want to him but wait you can't do that I unfortunately not went there to look like jay cutler unfortunately not i can't buy some pills it takes a little bit more you just need to buy shit. Go to legalsteroids.com. That's how you get like Jay Cutler. I'm there. But, <laughs> yeah, it was craziness. <laughs> I mean, and I think, I mean, for me, I I would love to go in GNC. If I'm in a mall or something, I would love to go in there and look around. But I fucking won't do that. I will not go in there because I know what those employees are going through. And I can't buy – I feel bad buying a drink or something because it's going to hurt their their um, their KPIs. It's going to hurt their numbers because if you buy a drink for 2 bucks, that's a $2 sale, you know, and that, that that's going to hurt your it's, – it's just a ridiculous way to run a business. It's, for, it's like so stupid and so greedy 
that they're just shooting themselves in the foot. And I think people are beginning to realize that, well, first of all, the prices are beyond insane compared to online. But not only that, but because of that, you have to shove shit down people's throats. And I think that that's a lot of it. The whole, if you're going to have people there, like you're talking about, to help you pick out products and to talk to them to make the experience better, that's the way it has to be. They have to make the experience better. They can't hound you and give you all this, the, all these pitches and shit and not leave you alone and try to get you to not buy certain things and buy other things. Like that's not going to, why would anyone fucking go in there ever again? Any person with any sort of integrity would never go back there again. They're going to get online and order shit and not have to deal with the fucking, the fat lady at GNC telling them that the, the protein they're buying is shit and they should buy this one that's 90 bucks. You know? No you one know wants to deal to with that shit. I used to, when I would travel with, with Metrex, I would, you know, wherever I was staying, there was obviously a, a GNC nearby. And and I would hop in there. And it wasn't one of my accounts because it was corporate. So we had, you know, guys who just dealt with GNC and Trader Joe's and Vitamin Shop and all those places. I would go in there and I would just mess with the employees. And I don't want to generalize and, and say all GNC employees are idiots because they're they're not. But a lot of them don't know shit <laughs> about what they're selling. Well, and yeah, I used to just is... go in there and, and mess with them. I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for something that does this. And I would see where they would take me. And, and sometimes it was the completely wrong direction, like not even close to what I would need to, to do X, Y, and Z or whatever. And, and I would mess with them. I'd be like, what's this ingredient do? Well, what is this? And I would ask them, like, literally, more than half of them had no idea what they were talking about. And I w- it would just be comical for me because in the back of my head, it validated that, you know, GNC is, is really a joke in terms of retailers these days. And, you know, the, the big box, so to speak, retailers um, really aren't better at all than, than the small mom and pops. In fact, the small mom and pops are the guys who – Live the industry and started their own business because they had a passion right. for it and a knowledge. And you know, I would rather give my business to those guys. I mean, even on price, those those gold card dates. Congratulations! So you get to go like I don't know, like seven days out of the month or whatever, and go get it at a special price, which you can walk down the street and get every day at you know supplement store X Y Z on the corner. Yeah, it, it's it blows my mind. Yeah, GNC actually stopped doing that. Um. Which oh, was, shows you how long I have not been in a yeah, GNC. They, they, their, uh, their new gold card thing, they basically just stole Vitamin World's idea of having a two-tiered pricing system, which it's all bullshit. It all just pisses people off. It's all crap. But, yeah, it's kind of funny how – I mean, you should see – just like the way that these companies like GNC will act as if they're concerned with the customer and results – when they're obviously not, it, it really drove me fucking nuts how they they would not admit that all that mattered was the fucking money going in the drawer. They didn't care about – because, like, the people – you should have saw the people that – I mean, I worked at a pretty high-volume vitamin world. Uh, when I first started with the company, I was an assistant manager while I trained to become a manager, and I eventually took over my own store here. In New Hartford, but when I was working in uh, another city, this store manager, she was like, she was like 31 years old, looked like she was 48. 
She's probably five foot two and you know one ninety five, just fat. And it was like, not like farm girl, big girl fat. It was like fucking Michelin fat, red rosy cheeks and shit. She looked like an old lady, but she was thirty one, and she literally drank. I'm not bullshitting you. She drank like a whole six pack of Mountain Dew, full sugar Mountain Dew. Because she said there was rat poison in diet soda. Yeah, good job. It's, it's doing you good avoiding that. But she would drink a whole fucking six-pack of diet soda. And her lunch break, she'd sit in the back room and eat like either – she'd either eat like um, donuts or some sort of chips or Cheez-Its or wheat thins. You know, this nonsense. Like just – She might as well eat rat poison. Yeah, just carbohydrates and, and shit. And that was – that was who was running the, the vitamin world. There was no, nothing about her life in any capacity had anything to do with supplements or nutrition or what, not at all. She had, she was the most unhealthy person I ever saw. And then I went and covered another store here in, in uh, this is like upstate New York. And the guy running the store, I was talking to him. He's like fucking 60 years old never trained one fucking day in his life skinny guy with this fucking old man gut he probably was like he was probably 510 and weighed like 170 with a protruding gut so like just looked atrocious didn't look like the epitome of unhealthy and he worked at joanne fabric for 30 years Joanne Fabric is where he came from. And that guy was running a vitamin world. I was, I'm, I would look at these people and be like, what the hell? Like, it was just so weird. And here I was like a student of bodybuilding, studied supplements like since I was like 19. And I knew everything about all the products. And I was just like, this is crazy. Why would you have these people working here? Like, is every industry like that? I was just wondering. Like, that's so weird how – and it doesn't end there. I saw – more stuff than that. I said, there was this guy who ran a GNC who was like fucking 55 year old dude, fat, knew nothing, didn't take supplements, didn't train nothing. He's just a normal guy who just lived like a normal fucking American. The, the, his only knowledge of supplements at all came from GNC training. There's no, you know, didn't know what he was doing. Didn't know anything about it. It's craziness. Like who, I, I don't know why, how that even comes to be. Like, how do you even – who hires these people? It's it's crazy. And I think a lot with that, along with the internet, it's just killing those 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 companies. And in their defense, about one in a billion people know about fucking supplements, like really know about supplements. I mean, of the people I've met in real life who truly know supplements in my whole life, I've probably met – Two or three total in real life who really know their supplements, you know, it's, it's just something that people don't know about because there's no real education on it. It's all hearsay and nonsense. So to, it takes a lot to know a lot about supplements. It takes, you have to, you have to be passionate about it and do your own research to really know about supplements or you're not going to know about it. So those people are so few and far in between. You end up with fat women selling hydroxy cut to 19 year old girls who were already lean that, that kind of goes back to our conversation last episode 
Which, by the way, we're on episode 60 right now. Yeah. 60. Nice. 60. But anyways, I digress. Um, it goes back to our conversation that we had last episode on episode 59 where we were kind of making fun of, um, you know, guys who are supposed to be preaching and educating but don't live, you know, through their word um, like <laughs> like my nutrition uh, professor at, at Penn State who was about 300 pounds telling us how she ate five Arby's sandwiches at a time because they were five for five dollars. Um, it, it rings true in the supplement industry. You have guys that are selling stuff that they know nothing about. Um, I, I think it's it's everywhere. I'm sure if you went into, you know, refrigerator repair, and I only brought that up because I'm having issues with mine, um, that you have people who who really don't know what they're talking about or or know what they're doing. Um, so it, it yeah. runs rampant everywhere, I'm sure. Uh, I would agree with that. I guess it probably does. It's just more obvious in the supplement game because it's a superficial thing. Let's see here. We're... Yesterday, or not yesterday, last week, we decided we would touch on Kevin for one last time because this is the last time that uh, we're able to talk about Kevin's comeback, right? Because after this show, it's going to be Mr. Olympia. We're going to see Kevin. And that's going to be it. There's going to be no more uh, comeback talk unless somebody else comes back. So I think, did you see the back lats ready posted? I did. And and I'll be honest. I'm glad this is the last time that we're going to talk about Kevin. Because it's like so wishy-washy. Like yeah. you'll see photos that he looks great. And then you'll see photos that you're like, what? Like that doesn't even look like the same person. So I, I don't know if he's you know, using some old photos, if he's photoshopping at all, if he, you know, I don't know what he's doing, but I think he's purposefully um, playing mind games with people. You know, we still haven't seen a great shot of his legs and, and every shot that we've seen has been upper body, you know, kind of angled and, and I, I just want the Olympia to come so I can put like, all of my questions to rest. If he comes out looking, you know, big and shredded and, you know, great conditioning, then I'll be like, okay, cool. But I don't know. I'm still on the fence that, that he's just going to walk out and you're going to go, ooh, he's small. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Yeah, it, we talked about it. I don't know if we were on the air or off there, but you talked about how the possibility of Kevin literally being – Completely ungenuine with all the shit he's saying and posting and and only doing it – not ungenuine, but like maybe he, he may be purposely being deceitful and trying to mess with everyone's heads, you know? Right. And I think that's definitely a possibility because right now the way that he's going about things, it's very easy to say he doesn't have legs. He doesn't take his tank top off. We haven't seen this. We haven't seen that. And I think he may be banking on that. Like, cause maybe he does look fucking really good. He might only be 225, but he might be ripped with a tiny waist. His legs might be full and separated down, but still like looking good. You know, he might look really, really good, but he doesn't want people to know that because he wants to be underestimated. And, um, it would be interesting if that was actually the case. I don't know if it is or not, but 
I, we'll have to see. I mean, Lee Priest said that he thinks Kevin could place top six based on what he's seeing. And Lee does believe that it's possible for him to bring decent legs to the stage, even though he's older and he went out with with uh, not-so-great legs. But I think people... I don't think he's going to have great legs, but I think people are a little too quick to think he's not going to have good legs based on 2003 because that was more due to like a, a back injury he had and just kind of losing the fire because before then his best body part genetically was probably his legs early in his career from a genetic standpoint I'm obviously his delts are probably his his number one body part but I would say after his delts are his his legs were crazy they were insane back in the mid 90s and early 90s I mean he really had some crazy legs on him and if the 2003 version of his legs was more a product of an old injury that's healed up now and just kind of slacking because he didn't have the drive anymore, then I think his legs could be pretty decent. You're still going to have the old age factor of um, how his legs look. But, I mean, if you look at any other – like there's a lot of guys who didn't never, never had great legs. I mean, look at Dexter. Dexter's legs are down, but they're still good enough. Um even Johnny Jackson recently, within the last couple of years, has has shown us as good legs as we've, we've pretty much ever seen from him, you know? Even though he has weak legs, he was still able to bring them to a point where they were pretty much as good as they've ever been just, about, just a couple of years ago. And he was you know, in his mid-40s. So, I mean, I don't think David Henry. David Henry's never had great legs. But he's not – they're not disappearing – they're still they're still a weak point, but they're not disappearing. He still makes them super separated, and they look pretty good from uh, every angle, except some of the front shots. So, and he's another guy who's in his mid forties. So, I mean, and none of these guys, I doubt any of these guys are really as gifted as Kevin. So, it, it's I don't think it's as cut and dry that he's going to have small legs, but I do think. Um, Jay Cutler brought up when he came back in 2013 after a year and a half off and just got smoked. He probably should have been like 10th. He placed 6th, I think. And um, he just said, when you're making a comeback like that, you look in the mirror and you think, holy shit, I look good. I'm just about ready. Because it's very, very easy to forget what you looked like going into the shows. You know, it's hard to remember back to what you had to look like to go toe-to-toe with the best in the world so when you're making a comeback you're thinking like i think everyone deals with this in every sport and every every endeavor of any kind whether it's physical mental monetary it doesn't matter like i think if you're out of the game for a while you tend to forget just how hard it was how you looked or how you did this or what you put in and so when you get the comeback, you think you think you're better than you are because you've been out of it so long, you don't fully remember what you used to look at in the mirror. And Kevin loves to say, what I'm seeing is familiar, this is all familiar, this and that, like he's getting back to what he was. But 
I could, like you said, I could definitely see. My prediction is Kevin will come out. He'll be the best built 52 year old probably in the history of the fucking sport. Well, maybe not better than Albert Beckles, but he'll be great for 52, but he's not going to look like the other guys. It's going to be a situation, I think, where you could put him in like 10th or 12th because of who he is and his condition and stuff. But in reality, if if no one knew who he was and he, he could finish dead last, you know, because I think he's going to look like he needs more time because what he's missing is time. I think he's he was off for 13 years. That's time missed. And then he only he's only been killing it for like a few months. So that's only a short period of time. So I think we're going to look at him and say, wow, he looks really fucking good. He's got good shape. He's granite hard, but he's too small. He doesn't have the density. He needs a little more fullness. He just needs more time. I think that's what it's going to look like. Kind of how Jay Cutler was the same way. When Jay Cutler came back in 2013, you saw him up there and he was ripped. He kind of looked like the old Jay, but he just doesn't. He wasn't put together all the way yet. He wasn't done. He needed more time to be anywhere. He was never going to beat Phil Heath, but to be in that top three group, he, he, he couldn't do it in the 11 weeks that he gave himself back then, what Jay did. He, he um, overestimated himself in his abilities and came in like a shell of his former self, and it was not enough to hang with those those big boys. And we're talking about Sean Roden, Dexter Jackson, Phil Heath. These guys are freaks. Like They're so so round and full and hard. It's like, you can't just, it's just so hard to believe that this guy is going to come back in, in for 16 weeks and, and be good enough to stand next to these guys. Just because I think we're going to see a Kevin who is just incomplete, just not ready, that simply not ready. I think it's going to look, we're going to see the 13 years off in his physique. And we're going to see the quick, or the, the lack of time he had to prepare. We're going to see those things in his physique. I, I, I refuse to believe that at 52 years old, we're not going to see signs of him not competing for 13 years, and we're not going to see signs of him only prepping for uh, 15 weeks. Those things will be, I think those things will both be evident, and that's what's going to take him out. I think, and a lot of people have said this, Bob Chick uh, has said this several times, that he wishes... Kevin had took a whole year to prepare and then maybe he would actually be a force. But with this situation, I just don't see, I think he's going to look, uh, he's going to look like he needs cheeseburgers and squats for another six months. That's what I think we're going to see on stage. Well, here's something that's interesting. And the truth came out that Dave Palumbo has been helping Kevin during this prep. It might not be something, you know, like, uh, like what, a Chris Aceto would be doing with, you know, Big Rami where he's, you know, literally helping him every day, checking in, you know, looking yeah, at this, like looking at that. Sort of but, helping him. But here's here's the interesting thing. We don't really know the full extent of how much Dave has been helping him. And and I find it hard to believe that Dave only had a couple photos of Kevin that, you know, he was able to post. I I don't know if I believe that. You know, I'm not calling anybody a liar, but I think due to the 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 you know client relationship and and privacy and stuff like that, I believe Kevin has supplied Dave with photos, and Dave has made it very very 
you know, he's been extremely open about the fact that he thinks that Kevin's going to win. And and I kind of look at that and I go, okay, so you've been working with Kevin over the last, you know, however many weeks, and you had to have seen images if you're working with the client because you can't make changes to somebody's physique or their their diet or you know any type of training protocols without seeing photos. You, you can't do it. So I think Dave has has seen things that nobody else has seen, and and I you know that worries me a little bit. Not not worry in the sense that I'm you know not thinking that Kevin's going to do well. I'm thinking that it might shock some people. I, I think Dave has kind of hinted that you know ah you know I I still think Kevin's going to to win it you know blah blah blah. And now that the truth came out that he's been working with Kevin, I, I think there was stuff probably exchanged behind closed doors, uh, you know images and and so forth that. Dave seems pretty confident that that Kevin's going to do extremely well. So, you know, I guess everyone can kind of yeah. take that for what it's worth too. I think Dave is. I mean, I love Dave Plumbo, but I think he's absolutely full of shit when he says that. I, I, and he I could feel be. like yeah. I can, I feel like I see right through him when he says that shit. Because why would you why would you make a prediction and go on and on and on about how it'll be the greatest prediction of all time? He keeps saying that over and over again. It's like yeah, well, fucking a. If I if I said that. Um, Essa uh, Obeyed is going to win the Olympia this year. It'd be the greatest prediction as well. The problem is, I don't believe that by any stretch of the imagination. If you're if you're gonna if you're gonna backhand a prediction by going on on about how it's the boldest prediction, it'd be the greatest prediction. Then you, basically you're saying it's not going to happen. It's super super unlikely. You know, this is what if you had to ha- if if Dave had to put fifty bucks on it, guess what? That prediction goes right out the window. You know what I mean? If he had to put fifty bucks on it, his money goes right to Phil. He's not going to bet on. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't. That's a false prediction. He doesn't truly think Kevin's going to win. He wants Kevin to win, and he wants to stir it up. If you really, if it really came down to like an important prediction, he would not pick Kevin. I do not believe that for one second. I don't he believe be doing it because it's his client. And, yeah, you know, I mean, he, he wants just, to make his client it, feel good, like somebody kinda, has his back. It, it's fucking. It, it's kind of cheesy how he's acting as if it's a really big deal that he's like. It's just like who gives a shit? Like, what does that even mean? Like, you're predicting he wins. Like, it doesn't mean what. what so if he doesn't win, what happens? Nothing. If he does win, what happens? Nothing. You can brag about it. Like, there's no nothing is at stake. So you can say, I could say William Bonax is going to win. He looks great. Nothing's at stake. I can say whatever the hell I want. I think Dells is going to win. He's six foot two. Why does that, like, it doesn't matter. Like, they make way too big of a deal out of that. He could, Dave could be seeing Kevin thinking he is going to get his ass handed to him by everybody. And he'll still get on there and say, who's going to win? It's like, you know, that's just like, it just, I don't know, like, the, the stock they're putting in these predictions is just kind of silly to me because there's no, there's no, there's nothing attached to it. It's just random, like, opinion that doesn't mean anything. So I don't truly believe he thinks Kevin's going to win. Dave has also said that he, he still hasn't seen Kevin's legs. I don't know if that's true or not. That seems far-fetched. It does, but he's like, I still haven't seen the legs. It's, it's just kind of like, I don't know. Why would he lie about? I don't know. That's a weird thing to lie about because if you have seen the legs, if you're gonna lie about it, why not say his legs look pretty good? You know, it, like if you're gonna lie about, if you've seen his legs, and 
you're why if you're gonna lie about seeing his legs, why wouldn't you lie and say, oh they're they're looking pretty good, as opposed to just saying you've never seen them like that. If he's seen his legs and he's telling him and he's telling us he hasn't, to me that means his legs are fucking sticks. He doesn't want to bring it up or he doesn't want to lie. But I don't know. I don't think I don't think that would be the case with Dave. I don't think he would do that. I think if he saw Kevin's legs, he would tell us he saw Kevin's legs. But like I said, I think the relationship is a little I have a feeling that maybe Dave is slightly exaggerating that that working relationship with them. He's probably given Kevin like three different tips and he, he doesn't know if Kevin's an, uh, listening or whatever. Kevin's a fucking hardened vet, you know, like he's done tons. People don't realize he used to do seven shows a year traveling all over the world on those on those uh, Grand Prix tours and shit with everybody. He's a uh, people forget how uh, how well versed he is in the art of competing. You know, he doesn't need help and he's never really had help Dave helped him in 96 and he didn't even look that great but I think uh I just like you said it's so wishy-washy I just want to see him because I, I like yeah. I'll see a picture and I'll think like I texted you what I texted you like a week ago and I'm like man man I think uh what did I see the video of him squatting mm-hmm. I said he is going to be very very lucky to make the top 10 yeah. because He's wearing these loose clothes and shit. You can kind of see, but there's no, there's no, you look at Phil Heath in loose clothes right now. And then Kevin, it's like, there is no comparison there. Kevin kind of looks like a skinny guy wearing an extra large t-shirt. Right. Especially compared to Phil. Phil's blasting full, massive round muscle, just about to rip out of his clothing Kevin's just like, yeah, you could see some V taper and shit, but man, he does not look like a guy who's, he didn't look like at that point, it was like 10 days out. He did not look like a guy who's 10 days out of the Olympia. Not at all. Um, so I don't know, man. And then, but I see other pictures like this back last spread's pretty friggin' impressive. And, um, that, so, but I don't know. I still don't think if you saw Phil Heath back last spread right now, it would not even be in the same realm. So. But people have also said that they've seen Kevin at guest posings where they see him in the expo or whatever in clothing. And they're like, this guy's guest posing. He looks like shit. He looks like nothing. Then he gets on stage and he blows everyone's mind. I've heard that story too. So maybe he's just one of those guys where when his clothes come off, he becomes a complete freak. You know, kind of like Sean Roden. Sean Roden was used, not so much anymore, but he used to be notorious for looking like shit in the off season. And then showing up at the Olympia and looking fantastic. So hopefully that's the case. But this is going to wrap up our talk of Kevin Lebron for um, for probably for good as far as what the comeback is yeah. going to be like. But obviously next show we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up and and uh, we'll, we'll talk about Kevin's appearance and everything, of course. But as far as um, anticipating the comeback, this is it. This is a uh, some people will probably be happy that we're going to stop talking about this shit, but uh, <laughs> that's that. You know, it, it's, it's almost taking on uh, Rich Piana's role on this show. Yeah, I we know. We talk about him every show. Like, God you damn see it. the stupid stuff that he said? God damn it. Now, now it's switched over to Kevin. Yeah. We'll have Fucking to find it. somebody else to pick on. <laughs> 
Rish Pion. But uh, and um, oh yeah, real quick, just uh, give me your predictions for the two twelve. Uh, flex. That's all you need to know. Yeah, I, I don't I'm, see anybody who's who's going to beat him. I mean, obviously you have David Henry. Um, you know, if he comes in, yeah, maybe he might beat Flex. Uh, but looking at the pictures of of Flex, uh, you know, now a few days out, I, I don't see anyone who's going to touch him. I mean, Hide is too small to to go toe to toe with Flex, and Flex comes in looking great every show, anyways. Uh, you know, Ronnie Raquel, obviously he's he's doing great this year. Mark Dugdale has a great physique. Uh, Charles Dixon looks good. Korea. Clarita, uh, Sister Nino. I mean, it, it's going to be an interesting top five. Uh, I look forward to to watching it, but I, I still see Flex taking it. I'll say two things about the 212. Well, three things. I don't think that – I think Flex Lewis is overrated. I think as a bodybuilder, as a man, he's he's a badass. He's like a He's a great guy, funny, family man, takes care of his business. He's a badass. I think he's a – He's a, he's a great guy and he's really good for the sport, but I think his waist is not that small. His shape is not that good. He, his arms, back, chest, pretty much his entire torso is not that hard. It kind of has a smoothness to it. And I just think people are bamboozled to the max by his shredded glutes which would look like that if he was fat as hell, 240 in the offseason. That's a genetic thing. His shredded, shredded glutes and his presentation and just his um, attitude and aura, his mystique on stage, along with those shredded glutes, I think those are the things that win him the show. And the fact that there's no ultra-complete body. Think about it. You got Jose Raymond fighting him, but Jose's short and blocky and kind of like not pretty-looking. David Henry's legs are down. Uh, Eduardo Correa, legs are down, really short torso. Samuel Haddad, not enough muscle. Um, Hide, no back from behind. But his back looks like a men's physique guy from behind. So you just don't have if any guy. Like you had Lee Priest in this lineup. Lee Priest would destroy Flex Lewis at his best because – there will be no the upper body will be so when people talk about Flex's legs, well Lee had bigger legs than Flex, and his upper body would destroy Flex Lewis. Destroy. Bigger arms, bigger delts, way smaller waist, way grainier. I mean, it's just we don't have any guy or um Sean Ray. Sean Ray would smoke Flex Lewis. Smoke him. I think. I think Sean Ray would not even it would be one comparison, that'd be it. Sean Ray would destroy Flex Lewis, in my opinion. That said, I do think Flex Lewis will win. I think David Henry I, I love David Henry. The guy is such a badass. And I yeah. think David Henry will be a close second. I think it'll Agreed. be a con- I think it'll be a controversial second. Um so that's the second thing I'll say. The third thing, I think Jose Raymond's gonna fall this this show. I think he's gonna be fourth or fifth because I have a pretty good feeling about Samuel Haddad. That guy's a beast. Uh, if he if he, if he could somehow pack more muscle onto that frame, he's just so good. But uh, Jose had leg surgery this year. He went on a fucking three week honeymoon on a cruise. Didn't train. Got fat. He only he's kind of rushing his uh, prep. And he did this exact same thing for the first the first the inaugural uh, Arnold Classic. 
202 or 212 it was, uh, 2013 or whatever, 14, whatever that was. He did the same thing, and he kind of rushed his prep. And I remember him talking about rushing his prep and saying, it's the best I've ever been because I've had to rush. I've actually been better, and he was not good. He placed like fourth. So I don't think that um, – I don't – I think Hide, David, and Flex will all beat Jose. That puts him in fourth. And then you have Sammy, who I'm excited to see next to Hide because they're kind of the same height and structure. And I think Sammy, I think Sammy and Hide are going to fight for third, and Jose is going to be around that fourth or fifth slot. So uh, that's all I'll say about that. But I'm excited for the 212. It's always a great show. Guy Cisternino is also a badass. That guy's yeah, awesome. Very. Uh, he could go as high as fourth if some people are off. He's very good. Just gets better and better. So he's got the confidence coming in. So uh, I'd love to see he him. He should do rock good. the beard. He's got a, a huge beard going yeah. right now. He should rock that on stage, but he, I have a feeling he's going to shave it off. Same with Flex Lewis has a huge beard right now. That's true. That's they true. would never do that. No. Jason Huss is the only one that comes on stage with a beard, then he gets smoked. <laughs> um, honorable, obviously Charles Dixon, my boy yeah. Charles Dixon. He's a, he's a tank. One of the best guys in the sport, one of the coolest guys I've ever spoke to. Uh, and if he can uh, really, really, really dial it in, come in his best condition ever and control the midsection. He, he could take out all these guys. Literally, I think Charles Dixon at his absolute best could be top three. No doubt about it. He's a freak. So um, that's the 212. And I guess that's uh, we're coming to the end now of episode 60. 60 episodes. Wow. Pretty uh, insane. And um, pretty soon we'll be at 160. But, uh, yeah, definitely if you guys like the show – it's brought to you by IronMagLabs.com. Go over there and uh, pick up some great supplements. Dream and Grow, one of the best sleep products on the entire market. I love Dream and Grow. It's great. Uh, especially when I got to wake up early and I am i can't fall asleep. Go to the gym at like 11 o'clock at night all stimmed out. Then you got to wake up at 7 the next morning. It's like Dream and Grow is a, is a uh, godsend when you got to do that. But that's on sale. At uh, IronMagLabs.com, you can use coupon code JEFF15, G-E-O-F-F-1-5, for 15% off at checkout. Uh, Same as IronMagResearch.com. If you're into the more hardcore stuff, research chemicals, peptides, all that stuff, we have uh, the best on the market at IronMagResearch.com. Same coupon code JEFF15, G-E-O-F-F-1-5, 15% off at IronMagResearch or IronMagLabs. This show is uh, mainly on IronMagazine.com. Along with my articles, Matt's articles, Mike Arnold, uh, Anthony Roberts, all uh, like literally all the best writers in the game are at. at uh, no one's really writing anymore. I mean, Peter McGuff is the only other guy who's still writing, who I think would uh, maybe put us to shame. But besides that, uh, we we have all the all the best guys. So uh, with that, check it out. Check out Iron Magazine. Check out Iron Mag Labs. Iron Mag Research. Follow us on social media. Matt White, Jeff Roberts. And uh, that's all I got, Matt. What's uh, what's the last word? Last word. Webcast. You heard it here. Friday. Starts 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 Pacific. Same thing on Saturday. 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. It's Amazon.com forward slash Mr. Olympia. That will take you right into the webcast. Awesome. Good information. And, uh, yeah, hit up that webcast. Make sure uh, – Make sure you share it around and, and, and maybe 
by sharing it around, we'll get some new bodybuilding fans in, into the sport. People, maybe somebody who just likes to work out might see that a weekend warrior and, and get into the bodybuilding industry. So definitely make sure uh, you try to introduce that webcast to new people because we're all, we're all in this together, you know, and we need, we need more people in the industry and uh, we need that desperately. We need more people in the industry. So share that around. Hopefully it's high quality and it, it garners some new fans. But um, until next week, episode number 60 of central bodybuilding I am Jeff Roberts for Mr. Matt Wyke, and we are out.